From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 324. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's, Casper, and Eero. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hey, Mike Hurley. How are you today? I am fine and dandy, my friend. Fine and dandy indeed. Like a hard candy Christmas? I don't know what that means. What does that mean? <laughs> Sorry. It's just an old, old, uh, terrible Christmas song by Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Um, we have not gone through what we're using. We don't do that every show. Nope. Um, sometimes it gets a little repetitive on, on what we use. But this time we were asked and I was like, oh, yeah, we should probably do that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I have been very non-fountain penny lately. I don't know why. You know, it's just, you know, ebbs and flows of all the things, right? You know, I've gone through a bunch of fountain pen shows. All the fountain pens are in use, inked up, all the fun stuff. Um, I'm in a bit of a fountain pen show lull, so I've been using non-fountain pen things. What I took, I went on vacation this weekend. I had like a long weekend at the beach, uh, Labor Day holiday, kids out of school. So I wanted to take a few things to write with. The notebook I took, Michael, was the Pano book. And I find it uh, interesting what you are also using today as well. I don't know if we should talk about this in conjunction, but when I saw what you put in here, I laughed when I giggled. I had to put in the same thing. So what do you like about the panel book? And then I'll continue on my... uh, Well, I use it every day, right? Like it's my... Yeah. Uh, it is my desk notebook, and that serves two purposes. It's where I write my show notes down, but it's also where I write down quick ideas or if I need to like write something down to calculate something or whatever. If I'm sitting at my Mac, mm-hmm. the notebook that I'm yeah. using is my panel book because of its aspect ratio. Like I put it in landscape, and it means it can sit very comfortably under my keyboard without me needing to push my keyboard further away from me. Like I've always put notebooks below my keyboard, but typically it means I then have to push my keyboard further towards my Mac, right? Because mm-hmm. there aren't notebooks really that are formatted in this way. Because I like to use something bigger um, on my uh, on, on my on my desk. You know, I've used uh, various larger field notes in the past. Uh, I've used like um, different A5 books and stuff in the past. But what I like about the panel book is its size and shape, which makes it very versatile for me. Yep, so that's exactly why I took it with me, knowing that I was going to have some time to do some writing, had some time to do a little bit of work. And number one, it's a like you said, it's a great desk book, right? So when I'm sitting, like I knew I was going to be sitting at probably like a dinner table, I could spread out all my mm-hmm. stuff. That would be a good format to go there. And it packs well in a backpack. Like if I'm taking one backpack with my laptop and a single notebook it fits really well in there obviously a lot of things will fit well in there but it's just kind of this really good like travel with it knowing that i'm going to be able to set it down somewhere to work on like if i knew i was going to be running around and and being in all kinds of different places you know it wouldn't be good for that but if i knew i was going to be sitting down like i was this weekend a lot i thought it would be perfect and it was so what i used it with was the midori md pencil which was given to me by Gabe Stacoli at the DC Pen Show. Um, you know, my good friend, my good friend Gabe. <laughs> he knows who he is. And we had talked about it re- on a recent podcast when you were gone with Les from Comfortable Shoes Studios about how much she enjoyed this pencil. So he gave me one because I didn't have one. I really like it. It's very minimal. Um, it's This is it the same people who make the Traveler's Notebook, right? Mm, yeah. But Travelers is their own kind of 
offshoot brand now. I have to look at the how they they totally redid like their okay. But it's the structure. same company though, right? Like, yeah, it's the one yeah. Midori. You know, it's, that's yeah. kind of who they are. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. Travelers, Travelers is their own brand now, so. right? Huh. But this the Midori MD is kind of the upper tier Midori products. They make really great notebooks. Um, and they just added this pencil to the lineup. It's really good. It's not going to be like my favorite pencil, but I like it's kind of got a satiny finish on the barrel. It's kind of a light ivory, almost looking green if you look at it in the in the right light. But the tip holds up well. You know, um, the darkness of the graphite core is very nice. It's just an enjoyable pencil to use. So I wanted to do a re- review on that. So I've been carrying it around a bunch. And then I also took with me my Retro 51 prototype, which I'll be dropping the public knowledge on here in the next few weeks. I dropped the private knowledge for the Pen Attic members this past weekend, but uh, it'll release probably end of September-ish, beginning of October, somewhere around there. And mm. uh, that's, I love, one of my favorite things about the Pano book is they built it to use with their Mark One pen. This is our friends at Studio Neat. So I love the Retro 51 rollerball refill, that Schmidt refill, on this paper. I think it works really well. So I, I tend to use a Retro 51 in this notebook a lot just because it works so well. So that's what I'm using. That's kind of all I've been using okay. for like the past five days, I think. Yep. I've I've used this exact setup. Um, the Pano book, this Midori MD pencil, and a Retro 51. So I'm using my Pano book, right? Use my Pano book every day. Something else I've been using every single day is my Toosby Go. Love that pen, man. Oh my God. Just so much. I love it so yeah. much. Um, and you know, I finally we, have mine coming, coming by the way. Good. So they're not, I'm really they're not excited here to hear what you think about mm. it. It's just such a fun, stupid little pen. I think it's brilliant. Mm. Um, and it's filled with Emerald de Chavour because why not? Um, sure. And I love that. I love that. It's a one, That is a wonderful, wonderful ink. Like it, just a really great color, let alone the sparkle. And, and it has great sheen on it. You know, mm-hmm. using it with a, a a broad nib like the like I have in my Toosby Go, it's a it is a real joy. You know, I, I know why people like these inks. It's because they just have that something extra to them. Um, so yeah, you know, Emerald de Chavour is great. I remember we freaked out the first time we ever saw that. We had Edge Alien. They did right? a really good job. Yeah, to talk about such that. a good color. Yeah, so it's a, that's a that is a great ink. It it's one of my favorites of all of the, these types of inks because it's also just it's not just a gimmick, you know. It's not mm-hmm. just sparkly. The the green blue with the red sheen is really really good. It's a very very I th- good. I think it's it's the the pinnacle of that type of ink. Nothing's nothing's knocked it off the its perch yet. I think that's that's the peak uh, peak fancy shimmer sheeny all the things ink right. Yeah, like episode 162 is when we had a jelly on. Mm-hmm. Photographer we, to the stars. That's yep. why he was on. He, uh, he, he photographed, gets to he photographed it for, for Jeroban uh, in advance, right? I think. Right. But um, we basically devoted the entire episode to the ink. Which <laughs> it was, was so, it, it blew our mind at the time, and it, and it doesn't, it, it, and it holds up, right? This is it an does. ink that still holds up. And I'm pleased now that I've kind of got something that I'm more comfortable to put it in. Um, on, on, on a daily basis um, and I'm also using because I use two pens right the Sailor 1911 Tangerine with Robo Oster Orange Zest in it that's great I, I, I mean this this orange is that something special right so I wanted to get an ink that was a little bit more vibrant um, mm-hmm. than than uh, Fuyugaki and Orange Zest mm-hmm. is totally that Orange Zest has like a 
it is a very deep like blood orange color um that's that's how i'd describe it like that blood orange color and so it's like it's got a lot of red in it as well as orange and and that Mm -hmm. kind of fits the tangerine for me because the tangerine is super difficult to even work out what the color is it's got it's like a very strange orange that i love and i think it's what captivates people about that pen is the vibrancy of the uh 1911 it really is something to see and i think that's what you know endeared you to the pen you know you the the great review that you wrote where you're like i don't want another sailor but here we are (laughs) yeah right so i've bought the ocean since then the tangerine's better right like if i'm doing a sailor pen ranking the tangerine's probably one of the best i don't know if i don't want to call it limited special editions that they've released it's the best 1911 i've ever seen yeah like personally it's so it's a spectacular color um that's really hard to describe no how matter no matter what you think about it in the pictures it's still different in person like it's it's such a good pen so yep um i i love my ocean but this is this pen's special what i love about that review that you did that people can find in our show notes if they want to check it out was you photographed it next to the orange pro gear that we both own and love right and that really shows the difference because even in the photos you can see that like these aren't the same orange right that is a different that is a very very different orange right right and still like the photos can hardly do it justice Mm -hmm. one of the one of my best purchases in a while was that was that great pen really great pen all right let's let's take a break uh and then i can talk some more about sailor pens uh today's show is brought to you by harry's the company that was founded to get rid of having to pay high prices for razors that are full of unnecessary features. The Harry's founders knew that they wanted to make something that would give you a great shave every single day because they also know that a great shave comes down to great blades that are made of sharp, durable steel that will last you. Harry's also wants to cut out the unnecessary costs and they deliver to you one perfect razor at an amazing price because they do that. They just strip it back to its bare essentials. Harry's sell directly to you over the internet as well. You can they this means that they can offer their blades at a price much lower than leading brands. You just pay two dollars per blade with Harry's rather than four dollars per blade you may pay elsewhere. Harry's bought a factory. That's how they ensure this. They ensure the quality and the price by owning the whole process. So this the factory that they bought is in Germany. They make some of the highest quality blades and have done for hundreds for like nearly a hundred years now. Harry's also offer a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave for any reason, just let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund. Brad, do you need that full refund? <laughs> I never need the refund from Harry's. In fact, I need to uh, be part owner of the company. I'd like to invest in them, please. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll try and put you in touch with the right person. <laughs> All right, so you want my Harry story for the week? I'd always, sure it's do. always something. like uh, so. And this isn't even a, a shaving story. It's just a... a that Brad, yes, Brad really does use this product a lot story. Okay. <laughs> so Tyler was sharpening up some colored pencils uh, yesterday. Tyler, my son, uh, was sharpening up colored pencils. And my sharpener sits on top of the Harry's Pride Set box that is now my pencil box. So he said, what is this box? <laughs> he, saw, he sees it sitting on my desk. And I was like, oh, that's for my, uh, that's where I keep my pencils in. It came from a Harry's razor that I got. He goes, oh, is that the rainbow razor you use? <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's that one. I said, he said, that's my favorite. And I'm like, it's mine too, buddy. So that was my Harry's story for the week. It just happens. Like, <laughs> it's just part of my life now. 
Harry stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors is not an easy decision, so they've created a special trial offer for listeners of this show so you can get the full Harry's experience. You can get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close and comfortable shave, including a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Join the millions of people who've already switched and go to harrys.com slash penaddict today to redeem your trial set. That's harrys.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. So what's the word on this big sailor purchase you made last week? You, well, you so- freaked everybody out. Things are moving along, but like nothing's <laughs> happened yet. So uh, I have sent back to Bongbox my preferences for the orange jet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like nib that, size, the whatever. nib size, and all that kind of stuff, and all my info. So that's so that. But they said that the they told me in the original email these aren't going to start shipping until late September. So oh, okay. I expect that I'll just wait now and I'll get a PayPal invoice. Probably that's what I expect is going to happen. Um, and I also got an email from Pensachi. They told mm-hmm. me that they have had to slightly delay my order. Shocker. That's all they said. Um, okay. But that's different that to last is- time where they just straight up canceled it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, all I know is that I still have an order. Um, <laughs> and I guess I'm just waiting. They just said... Uh, Contacting you to update you about the status of your order. Due to a few complications, it will be delayed for a few days. That was last Monday. All right. So you're saying there's a chance. So as it stands right now, I still have potentially four new sailor pens on the way. Because nothing's Mm -hmm. changed. I've just... There's just delays, right? So I'm waiting. And I will will accept them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. the prices are so good though especially on the Pensachi ones yeah I mean it, it's make me tempted for that purple one it's such a good pen like I, I can't believe so like just to give you an idea so this it was a lavender 14 karat gold nib um, pro gear for 145 yeah. uh, the 150th anniversary port of Kobe uh, pro gear for 85 um, but wow. then, then there was a, a another pro gear that was a little bit more expensive. Yeah, <laughs> more in line with what you'd expect to pay, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Well, this will be uh this will be our our current thread between the podcasts. If we don't have one thread, we have another one, right? It has to be a mystery. Yeah. We the mystery keep, we is, will I ever the, receive these pens? Um, I have yeah. a piece of follow up. So many people, a countless amount of people, wrote to me. Uh, to give us information about why Hobonichi can make those Mother covers, mm-hmm. right? The the Earthbound Mother game. They make mm-hmm. lots of covers. Um, it turns out Shigeseto Itoi, I'm going to go with, is the name. Mm-hmm. I apologize for my probable terrible pronunciation. Um, it's the founder of Hobonichi. Uh, they were also the producer and writer of the Earthbound and Mother games. So That's crazy. They. That's why. And I have... Un- found like just completely mad respect now like even more than before for hobonichi right right Right. like it's blown my mind it was just this guy's thing that he liked i assume right like me and you you know it's just like oh i do this thing i also kind of like pens so i'm gonna start this pen company and whilst also being responsible for one of considered one of the greatest video game series of all time right it's kind of incredible (laughs) so that's why it is 
You know, if it turns out if you create a video game, you get probably get preferable terms to license it for your paper products <laughs> down the line. Yeah. Now, what if they added uh, Pusheen into their lineup one day? Oh, uh, don't may not even be their Brad. style, Brad. Yeah. Just don't even. Like, I'll I will kill me. Like, if they add yeah. like a Hobonichi Pusheen, oh my god, oh my god, I'd buy all of the just all of them. I can't even explain my love for Pusheen. Really, you know, like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I don't really understand why I love that character so much. <laughs> like, I don't really consume anything other than like these days Pusheen's Instagram feed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not right. like there are comics and stuff, although they're not really important anymore. It's now just like a merchandise machine, really, as opposed to to focusing on the comics. Like the comics that exist, like you can go on. Like, there's that the Pusheen dot com is a Tumblr page, and there's new animations mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but. Really, it's like just cute merchandise, and <laughs> I really love Pusheen. Yeah, well, I to not spill the beans for a later episode, I was not going to buy a Hobonichi for next year, but just getting this story all tied up in a bow like this makes me want to buy a Hobonichi just to, just because. I don't know why. I will very, very, very likely be buying one. I mean, I love my journal. Uh, yeah. I can't really see a specific reason, maybe, that I wouldn't get a... Uh, Hobonichi again. I have a little yeah. thing that I'm thinking about, but yeah, we'll, and I have we'll a game plan for next year. We're, we're going to save all that for as mm-hmm. we get closer to the to the end of the year. Yep. But speaking of stuff you might buy and I might buy, Mike, we got the info on the new Retro Fifty One yep. Tornado designs that are yep. launching the day of the release of this podcast. We got this some. Is we got some insider info. Like, uh, yeah, we got the we got the skinny on this one. So, like, as we're recording this today. The information is not public, but it will be mm-hmm. by the time the episode comes out. So we have a bunch yep. of images and details about a what appears to be, on the face of it, a very strong release from Retro yes. Fifty One for, I guess, just this season. You know, and, and this is some stuff that we've had an idea about. There are there are a few here that are um, taking advantage of their partnership with the smithsonian so do you remember we spoke about this this was a couple of months ago the right. retro 51 struck a partnership with the smithsonian um which meant that they were going to be able to make some some special pens and they started with the national museum of african and american history and culture right that they used the outside the very unique outside look yeah. of that building i gotta get that pen like i have not nice. i've been sleeping on it that's my favorite one that they've released already i love that how that one looks uh, that will probably be one that I pick up at a pen show, right? Like I'll see it and be like, "Yep, there you go. That's my one this time." So that they they showed that off the uh, what is codenamed, I think, with Retro Fifty One, the NMAAHC Corona Pen is what they're calling mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. They showed that one off at the time, but there's now two more editions that are brand mm-hmm. new um, in the Smithsonian uh, family. Do you want to share about these? Yeah. So the first one is called the Dino Fossil which this one is going to sell like a billion it's just like there's just <laughs> a million of these will sell if i was going to if you're familiar with retro 51 and i said retro 51 made a dino fossil pen you can imagine what it's going to look you know like what based it is on you their don't previous even need style. to see it but it's it's amazing so good the difference with this one is the whole base of the pen, like the background of the dino bones, is the stonewashed copper. So it's like a dark. It's almost like their bones are rising out of the dirt. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good good material choice, I think. 
so my thoughts were exactly like yours is they're going to sell a billion of these. Yeah. Like it's going to be, it looks so good. So it's got a relief of dinosaur bones, like mm -hmm. all different types of dinosaurs, like Triceratops and T-Rex and stuff. But mm -hmm. the bones are actually raised. Like they are yes. raised detail. Yeah. So they're like textured, like a lot of yeah. the, uh, their other pens that they've done yeah. in this type of series before. So Very it's just cool. fantastic. Looking. Very, very I mean, cool. Like I said, you can picture this in your head. If you know anything about Retro 51, you can kind of picture how this one's going to look, and it's it's going to exceed those expectations, I think. The Should next we, one... Yeah, the next one knocks it even further out of the park. So this is called the Vega, and I didn't know this, but apparently Amelia Earhart's, one of her planes that she used to set some of her aviation records, was a Lockheed 5B Vega. So this pen is designed around that. And another thing that Retro 51 does very well are airplane-themed pens. Yep. I mean, it kind of lends itself to that design, right? Yep. Getting the, the paint jobs and textures of Cause what all these got, planes. And it's on this one, and it's on some of their kind of more like the war-themed planes, rivets mm -hmm. and panels. Right. Um, they, they've really worked out this like texturing system, which makes it feel like the pen is made of panels. It's very, very clever. Right, and the rivets are the same color as the base paint, so it's kind of subtle. What yeah. I thought this pen was when I first opened the picture, Mike, I was like, whoa, they did a throwback Flash Gordon pen. <laughs> do you remember the oh, original Flash yep, Gordon yep, series? Yep, I do. It's that, that red and gold, yep. it, and it's got, the, uh, it's got the airplane, I guess, do they call that the tag number? What are they? I don't know sure. what that... Uh, I don't know. You know those digits you see on the... dash 7952 is what it's called yeah. printed on it, but yeah. So, it's like the tail um, number or whatever, I, I don't know what it's called. This one actually speaks to me more than the Dino Fossil. Like, I, if I had to pick one, sure, um, I'm looking at the Vega over the Fossil, but I think the Fossil, obviously, is going to do really well. So both, both of, these, of those, they retail for $55. Yep. Yep. So that's the MSRP. I guess I, I, that's all the information we have, you know, whatever the street price is. I don't know if whatever yep. the final price is, but that's the MSRP is 55 on those. Now, they're really, really amazing. They tell great stories and they're great pens, but... <laughs> the main I, event do you want to try this yeah, do you want is, to try this you, yeah you we're gonna this. call it the retro 51 chiopino mm -hmm. as uh, it says on the the packaging radiates colors and elegance this is unbelievable like okay so it is gold furniture right like mm -hmm. I, I don't know what material it is it's not probably not gold uh but it's gold in color and what are we going to call the body? What, what is this? What are we going to call so, it? Because it's important to name it correctly. It is, and I don't know that we can do it correct justice because I don't know the actual definition of rodden. So they're calling it seashell, but yep. it's the effect, if you're familiar with fountain pens, and the, um, what would you call that? Not translucency, but the like the shimmer you get from... Uh, like the, shells and a the pen. little pieces that are in those like purple and blue and green colors. Yeah, all the broken shell pieces yep. lacquered into a black background, typically a black barrel. Mm -hmm. Um, so the the material is rose gold, not obviously gold, rose gold finish. So I'm sure yep. that's over like a their yep. standard brass accent, rose gold accents, and a full like, and this isn't like a strip of of seashells around. The barrel. It's literally the entirety of the barrel minus the nose cone and big clip and pieces too. Not not like you see flax a lot, um, but these are huge chunks. Now, 
again, we don't know what the actual material is here. Um, that we'll is information that, that right now we don't have, but will probably be available after the episode has been released. But I don't care <laughs> what it is. This thing is stunning. Like, I can't believe they've done this. Now, comes with a price tag. It's $99, which I think is probably the most expensive um, tornado popper. They call these the poppers, right? Is that what they're called? I don't know the difference between the popper and the, the standard. I don't think this is a popper. I can never remember because when they introduced the the one with the pressy knock on pressy knock, that's a yeah. Those are the it. those are the popper. I think these are just the standard tornado twist. Yeah, okay. knurled twist top. So okay. I don't think it's a popper. So ignore ex- excuse me there, but this is without a doubt like it's got to be the most expensive one. Uh, but I understand why. Like it's really really good, really good. Yeah, the first thing when I open up the email. I thought, oh my god, they did a Little Mermaid pen. <laughs> That's what I thought because, like, the artwork, like the um, the font design and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, all about this. This is like some cool under the water theme thing. Oh, what is this? And I was like, whoa, it's a, it's a real, real stunning, stunning pen. I, I'm kind of shocked. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy. So Chiapino is a fish stew originating mm-hmm. in San Francisco, California. It's an Italian American mm-hmm. dish. Mm-hmm. So there, the the chat room says the the shimmery shine word that I'm looking for is chatoyance or opalescence or mother of pearl. But you know that shiny shell material yep. when you see it. That's what this is, and it's a lot of it, like all over coated in yep. this pen. It's pretty fascinating. The whole way around, mm-hmm. all the way around. So that's the that's the new limited editions. They're going to be available. I don't know. They they're going to announce them this afternoon. And they'll be coming to retail pretty shortly thereafter. So yep. once they announce them, they usually have them in retailers like later that week, I think is kind of uh, kind of the way it goes. So should be cool. Um, I think they'll be popular. All of them uh, are be popular. I think uh, three winners as uh, as they usually do, Mike. They do good stuff. Yeah, I don't know how they continue to. Mm-hmm. One final thing we should mention, reading the notes that they sent us. These are not limited editions. These are numbered editions that are not limited. So I yep. don't know. Um, that's kind of a new, newer thing that they're doing. So like, I don't know. Certainly they don't have as many of the Chiopinos made as the Vegas made, but I don't know that for a fact. That would be an assumption on my part, but that would make sense based on the price point and the difficulty of making it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, numbered. What, this was the term that, that uh, Mike Dudek used, right? But well, I don't remember it's the an, term. Uh, I call it open edition. There you go. Yeah, that's a good term. But they're numbered, so they've got numbers on them, but they're yeah. not making like just 100 of them. Right. I don't really understand that, the number mm. numbering, if it's not limited, but... Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I, it's a confusing thing, yeah. honestly. Hey-ho. All right, should we take a break? Let's do it. Today's show... I'm going to go take a nap. Oh, good, because today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Casper. Don't oh, take nice. a nap for too long. Maybe take a nap for like 30 seconds, because then I've got to ask you a question. But if you want to take okay. a quick power nap, 
then you can go and do that. Casper okay. are the company focused on sleep, dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You spend a third of your life sleeping. If you spent a third of your life doing just about anything, don't you want it to be the very best it can be? That's why you want Casper. Their mattresses have been designed to fit perfectly for humans. They have engineering that will soothe and support your natural geometry, giving you all the right support in all of the right places. So what goes into making a Casper mattress so gosh darn comfortable? Well... They combine multiple supportive memory foams to give you that quality mattress feel with just the right sink and bounce. Their mattresses are designed and developed in the U.S. They have a breathable design as well, which will help to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. So you're not going to get too hot. You're not going to get too cold. You're going to be Goldilocks perfect over there with Casper. With over 20,000 reviews, an average rating of 4.8 stars online, Casper is very quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress, and you can be sure of your purchase because they offer a 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Casper will deliver directly to your door, and if you, for any reason you don't love it, they have a hassle-free return policy as well. Uh, Brad, again, did you take advantage of the return policy on this one? Heck no. Uh <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think my wife is going to leave me for a mattress, Mike. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we have a real situation in the house right okay. now. <laughs> is this something I can help you with? <laughs> well, you have uh, you've been my roommate in the past, and mm-hmm. I, I am uh, prone to snoring um, yep. quite a bit. And uh, my wife uh, last week got so fed up with it, she went and slept in the uh, in the guest bedroom where the Casper mattress lives, and. Uh, She's thinking of of leaving me for the mattress, Mike. She said uh, it was such a good night's sleep away from your snoring. And this mattress is really nice, better than our regular one. So, so. Brad, maybe I can help you out here, actually, because mm. I can get you $50 off select mattresses. You just go to casper.com slash penaddict and use the code penaddict at checkout. That's $50 towards select mattress purchases by going to casper.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. So there you go, Brad. Go get yourself a bigger mattress. So, right, we'll uh, do that. so Maribeth will come. We'll, we'll come back to the <laughs> review. Uh, we thank Casper right. for their support of this show and Relay FM. Speaking of comebacks, Mike, about every time this year when school's back in session, cursive lives mm. once again. Mm-hmm. So this well, is no, uh, it died. Remember, it uh, lived and then it died, right. and now so it's, it's a resurrection back to life again. It's a resurrection, Mike. So here's the thing, Brad. I saw this article. <laughs> a few people linked it to me. Um, yes. I, and I had two issues. One, uh, which is a more pressing issue, um, I can't look at the article unless I subscribe to the Washington Post. Really? Yep. Um, they they won't let me. Oh, hang on. They just put a big. It's just like a big banner thing. I have to get through. Okay, so that's mm. one thing. I couldn't. I I didn't initially see it because I didn't notice it. But the other thing was, it felt pointless to me to read this. Yeah, I, I know what it's going to say. We've been through. We've we've danced this dance many times. You and I. Well, we have, right? But the the public, it's always good to have these out there in the public, yeah, I think. Yeah, I prefer I, these articles to Cursive is Dead articles. I'll say that much. Well, because those are just, yeah, they're they're pointless, the Cursive is Dead ones. Uh, maybe you could argue these are pointless too, but I did find a couple of um, tidbits in there. I love it when they put in that they get from professors that these have a massive benefit for the brain. Like anytime they put that in there. Um, in these articles, you know, and there's some studies they link to and things like that. Um, I love reading about that because that's something we believe in, right? Like these are things we know these things, right? We believe in these things and, um, you know, whether it's cursive handwriting or, or not, you know, I've been on the, the, I've had the stance where I don't care about cursive. I care about handwriting, 
So if cursive is the handwriting that's getting taught, awesome. Mm -hmm. If you're teaching printing handwriting, awesome. You should just be teaching handwriting. Um, They are having one of the uh, museums they quoted in here is having trouble finding interns that can read (laughs) the old documents in cursive. So they they actually started a uh, cursive and cocktails event, which I think is cool. Like anything... Anything like built around handwriting, I'm all for. So we get these a lot of articles a lot. We could probably write these articles right with like an auto-generated text. We know what they're going to say um, from top to bottom. I still like them out there. Um, it brings up the conversation, you know, to the forefront. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a good point. It's a good point. But, but again, I understand your point from your and I perspective. This is a regurgitation of what we've read for years and what we believe in and what we preach but i always think it's good to point these things out sometimes you get a little bit of a different insight you know i like that you know the museum's getting adults into cursive you know that's something you don't really hear about you hear about it being lost uh in elementary school but you don't hear the flip side of hey we can teach adults cursive handwriting too just like we can teach them brush lettering or typography skills you know handwritten typography why can't we teach adults cursive i think that's pretty cool so anyway we'll link this into the show notes you can check it out i think you can get to the article i hadn't had any problem uh reading reading through it uh, behind a paywall or soft paywall or anything like that so thank you all for sending that in we got it a bunch Mm -hmm. this week so this topic was an ask tpa but i thought it was worthy of a little bit longer conversation than we get and it's from michelle on twitter asked if you could run any pen brand even for a short time which one and why i thought that was a fantastic question we haven't um you know explored that we talk about small things you know individual things and what we would change and you know, our perceived mistakes, which generally are our mistakes, not the, the company's mistakes. We're just angsty about them sometimes. But if you could pick a brand to reboot and run it yourself, which one would it be? I had to think for a minute or two, but not too long. And I think for me, it would be Lamy. I think... You have one of my two. I had two in my mind, and now you've picked one, so I can pick the other one. Okay. Out of all the brands right now that have a big foothold in the community and seem to be growing, at least from an external perspective, I think they are most in need of a kick in the pants. I think they are... I know they just came out with these new inks, but I feel like they're resting on their laurels, playing the greatest hits. I don't think they're innovating. I would completely change their top-end bracket. I think that just needs to be scrapped completely. They need to have new high-end designs. And by high-end for Lamy, that's like a $300 pen, not a $1,000 pen, like Mont Blanc or something New 2000, like right? Yeah. Um, do, or not new 2000, more with the 2000. They can do more. They're leaving a lot on the table by um, going into meetings and saying, what paint color do you want to use this year? I feel. They could be more well-served than just about any company with a fresh influx of products that they haven't released before. Um, 
because they have the marketing, they have the brand, they have the foothold around the globe. It's a global company. But it's getting stale and the things that they're introducing are flat. They're repaints and rebrands and they're just not being very creative at this time. And that would be my company that if I could take them over for a couple of years, uh, they would... I would probably scrap 75% of what they do, to be perfectly honest. I'd keep some of the lower end stuff, um, you know, and then just everything else would be gone. And I don't know. I, I think it would work because they have the price point that's right. Like, this is a price point I enjoy. I like Lamy and want Lamy to do well because I think they're affordable quality pens. And it's frustrating when... It's just a regurgitation every year of of paints. So that that's my pick. What would you think? Pilot. That was my number two. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the same page. <laughs> that was my number two. Um, it's a lot of the same stuff, really. And and for me, I would want to dive back into their history a little bit more. You know, like we've spoken so many times about the M90, the Murex, the Mayu, right? Like really just stunning pens that, that you know, done right, you could sell them for four, or $500, you know, and, and people mm-hmm. will buy them. You could very easily make that an executive pen line, you know, without right. without really having to do too much work because that body into the nib is, you know, I show that to people a lot and they're like, oh, I see why you like that. You know, like you don't need to be a fan of pens to understand why that is a beautiful design. But they also just have so much at their fingertips. Like, I don't think that Lam- uh, Pilot need maybe as much turnaround as Lamy in certain areas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I think that they're still doing a lot of pilots still do cool stuff, you know, and they're still releasing nice stuff, good inks, that kind of stuff. But I think that they are. They're really losing some of it at the top end. Like they lean too heavily on the vanishing point, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. which is a great pen. But they could do more than than just coming out with a couple of new vanishing point colors every few months. I agree completely. I don't. This has been a telling year for Pilot, and it's their hundredth anniversary year. There's not. I I'm trying to think back. Is there been a Pilot release that has moved the needle this year that I've been like super positive on I need that pen. I don't know what's going on. Nothing is happening with the brand. It is the quietest I have ever seen Pilot um with new products in as long as we've done this show. I don't understand what's going on and this is the time all of it should be going on. I don't care if it's awful stuff. They need to be overloading us with 100th anniversary products. And we haven't seen one. And on top of that, nothing in their regular lineup has changed this year. Nothing. Like, And they have a really good price point in the low-end gold nib range, right? The uh, 9274s, um, some of the translucent pens. Even the 823, that's a higher-end pen. Nothing is changing. Their ink lineup, their Roshizuku ink lineup... When we started this podcast, that was it, man. That was the pinnacle of inks. 
and it's just flat. Nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with the pilot. That's why they were going to be they were going to be my second choice um, as well. Yeah, it's like that. This is, and I understand it, right? They they're flat in the same way that Lamy is, but pilot's overall offering is still stronger. Yes. So it kind of makes them second priority, right? Like I think I was maybe going to go with Lamy first too, mm-hmm. um, because Lamy. You know they've they've had a they've had a really disappointing year in my opinion. They've made some bad decisions. You know, like about their mm-hmm. special editions and stuff. They've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of uninspiring work. Um, mm-hmm. But pilot pilot do have just a stronger base product that they still offer. You know, right? That that right. kind of edges them out a little bit. Right. So it's interesting these two brands. What we what we see with them as the the market currently goes. You know, when you see. Platinum and Sailor and gosh, a lot of other brands, a lot of new brands popping up, you know, that we we talk about regularly. These brands really haven't been in the conversation that much this year. No. And they're beloved. Like these are brands that have super fans, right? Yep. Um, and they I don't want to say they're getting left behind. That's clearly not the case, but it's been at they're least running it, the risk, it made though. A, they run the risk. Yeah. It they're they're down in the public perception. They may be up in sales, you know, that, you know, no matter what we say, we don't know all the sales lines they have. And Pilot's got their hands in everything besides fountain pens. They could be very having very successful years. But the things that we're most interested in, they've had the most boring years out of anyone. So, And it's like, look, again, like whilst we are a small part of the market, I guess, you know, the enthusiasts, but like the enthusiasts set trends. And right. if you're not making products that appeal to enthusiasts and not doing that on a consistent basis, it is very likely, you know, I would say that ultimately it will catch up with you. Right. And you'll get left behind. And it's not quick, right? It's uh no, it's slow death moving. of a thousand cuts. Yep. It's a slow moving process. Because it's like if we stop recommending them to people, right? Doesn't that that's going to over time you you would start to see that like if people that really know people that really care stop recommending these companies because they're less exciting that will affect them in the in the long term yep yep so mike saying in the chat room pilot can do nothing nothing for a decade and be just fine we agree mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they're not boring right now yep. like that's exactly what i'm saying they have so many products they could be making money hand over fist it doesn't mean they're not just not completely boring and not innovative right now. It's the That's problem with getting too focused on profit sheets. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we're still waiting on Pilot's hundredth anniversary. What have we got? Three and a half months left. Like I look <laughs> at you know having again like bring my expertise in other areas to this. I look at Microsoft, mm-hmm. right? Like a company that still makes a ton of money, but they are considered to be kind of just like a boring company now, you yeah. know, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're having to try really, really hard under Satya Nadella to change that perception because right. they got the perception of being old and tired for a long period of time under Steve Ballmer. And now they're having to do a lot of work to try and change that public opinion. Yeah, exactly. So, it's a similar kind of deal in, my, in the way that I look at it. Yeah, so it's interesting, you know, 
it's just you know we love these companies so you want to see them being like the best they can be like there's nothing wrong with these companies they do really well they don't need our opinions but we're going to give them anyway because <laughs> that's what we do <laughs> so the second part of um michelle's tweet that she asked us i thought was really fun she said if you could trade for a month your favorite pen with someone else for a pen they have which pens would you trade i don't know what pen i would give up i'd give up any of them um to use one of uh Le reyes's pens particularly the nakaya sumiko skull which was uh has been featured on our uh, our podcast many years ago <laughs> when we were talking about Lay's collections. We'll have a link in the show notes. But uh, this is one of the most fascinating pens I've ever seen. I would love to use this pen like on a daily basis. It's got the baddest skull like finial and clip thing going on. I, I just think it's a stunner. So that I knew it was going to be one of Lay's pens. Then I forgot about that one. And once I saw it, I was like, yep, that's it. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll give anything to get you a king of pen. <laughs> you know it as well you know it yeah right? I, that's what i want what one is yeah. it what's the model number that you've got a sky name sky that's it's the it. pro gear pro gear sky it's the blue one because you can't get yeah, it anymore mm-hmm. that's the pen i want yep yep for sure right, that's a good question though yeah that was a, a really good, good question yeah michelle with the fun stuff i appreciate yep. that those those were good good things all right before we get into like the legit ass tpa I had a bunch of shout outs I wanted to do. And this is something I used to do. We used to do the like the pen blog of the week and things yep. like that. I just want to be sure that if you're doing something cool, let us know. I want to share it. I want to talk about it. Um, you know, I want to send people your way. I want to shoot some eyeballs your direction. And these are some of the things I've been listening to, Mike, or reading or all kinds of things, thingsing. Uh, one was uh, what something I was in, but our good friend Kathy Campbell, Mrs. Soup on Twitter, the show. And on the internet, friend of the show. Um, she had myself and Jason Snell on a really cool podcast called Friends in Your Ears, and you should subscribe to that podcast. It's a really cool taking people out of their normal conversations and putting them into a different place with yeah. She puts two essentially a random together. guest. Yeah, two two podcasters together. And asks them to talk about their favorite podcasts. Yep. It's really good. Yep. So it's cool. And uh, Jason and I got to talk a bunch of sports ball. We're the we're probably the two primary sports ballers in the Relay FM network. So we uh, mm-hmm. there was lots of sports ball talk in in that episode. Um I wanted to give a shout out to the manuscripting pod, which Les from Comfortable Shoes Studio just started. She one of the things we talked about when I had her on, she handwrites her books, which blows my mind in a lot of ways like the the scope of that and like sarah that writes for the pen addict she does the same thing these kind of things impress me so much um she started a podcast on how she's doing all this um and it's mostly handwritten um john contino longtime friend who's blown up to like major league design proportions finally launched his own podcast called the Nosecast. so he's talking about you know his his story and how he came up through the ranks and uh all about his design I, i'm a huge obviously a huge fan of his design work and and things like that so he's only like four episodes into that show so i want to give him a shout out um the art supply posse is back mike did you know this i did not know this until i saw just so anna handed it over to anna so Anna from uh, Ink Antidora and mm-hmm. Fountain Pen Companion and the internet, um, her 
and uh, oh, I forgot the other two hosts. They brought back the Art Supply Posse, so check back in your feeds. They just uh, released the first rebooted episode, episode number 50, so that is now available if you want to hear about that. One of my personal uh, shows that I listen to where I get a lot of life advice, shockingly enough, I listen to the Dave Chang Show on the Ringer Network. He's a chef and world traveler and, you know, recovering everything. (laughs) Like if something's gone wrong, Dave's probably lived through it and he's building all these businesses now. And I get so much out of listening to him talk and how he's, you know, fights the demons that he has to deal with every day and just, you know, building these global restaurant chains and brands and it's a real fascinating insight at hmm. uh, at at building and creating things and fighting the demons that are are fighting against you the whole way. So I get a lot out of that. And then the last one you put in here, yep. Which I, I want you to talk about this because this is new. I wanted to shout out Make Do, which is a show that we've not spoken about in the while in a while, um, which is hosted by uh, Tiff Ament, longtime friend of the show we've had on the show before, and Julia Scott. Who, uh, in case you don't remember Julia, Julia is uh, part of the couple who came all the way from Sweden to, I think, the first mm-hmm. time that we did a, the, the, the Pan Addict in person, like in front with an audience, maybe our second year in Atlanta, right? Am I remembering uh, yeah. that correctly? Yeah, yeah. So Julia and, and Tiff, they both do amazing art on their own. Um, like Tiff does a bunch of painting and stuff, and Julia, she does a lot of clay-based stuff. Like she makes wonderful mugs with like these sick tentacles on the side of them it's really great but they have a show called (laughs) make do which we mentioned when it launched Uh, i just wanted to shout out a specific episode like if you haven't checked out the show before one of my favorite episodes was episode 10 it's called ready set challenges um, and they talk about setting challenges for yourself with creative projects Um, it is really great and encouraging to listen to as a show for any type of creative work even though they do focus on like art-based stuff but no matter what type of creative work you may uh you may participate in you can definitely like emphasize and feel supported by the stuff that they talk about so i really love make do so i think that people should check it out and you should check out episode 10 if you haven't already i think that's a recurring theme in a lot of my podcast listening is i like to hear process stuff right i want to hear how you're doing things so maybe I can learn how to do things better. How did you overcome the challenges that you've, you know, had in, you know, in, in making things or, you know, putting words on a page or pencil to the page or, you know, keystrokes on a computer screen? You know, mm-hmm. I like to hear about those processes and challenges and difficulties because, you know, we can all take something away from that. And I, I tend to do that a lot. So. Good stuff. Right. Hit us up with more. Mike Mike Inc. Dependence on YouTube. Shout him out. <laughs> he, okay. He, he does stuff. He does stuff. That's what he says. He does stuff. But no, Mike's uh, Mike's been a guest on the show. You need to head over to the Ink Dependence channel on YouTube. Check out all his awesome videos. He just did a he did a whole knock shootout here not too long ago. So then he's getting into bag stuff. You know, you know where me and Mike spent like five or ten minutes talking about bags before we even <laughs> even put the show live today. So yeah, go check out Mike's reviews. All right, I want to also thank Eero for their support of this week's episode. Eero have built the Wi-Fi system that they wanted to have in their own homes, and they wanted to share it with you 
too. A fast, reliable connection in every room is what Eero can give you, even out to the backyard. The new second-generation Eero includes a third 5 gigahertz radio, makes it twice as fast as ever before. They, whatever your Wi-Fi needs, Eero will blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. It will, the system sits flat on any surface. You just plug it into the wall with the included power adapter, and you're ready to connect your Eero either via Ethernet or wirelessly. And then they also have the tiny Eero beacon. This is what you do. You plug these little things and you can plug in as many as you want and expand coverage to all over your home. So you don't have to move to a different part of the house to get the fastest internet speed. The little Eero beacons will be able to provide you and blanket your home in that Wi-Fi. They also have uh, a little light light in them as well, which is really cute. Um, having one router doesn't work anymore. You need, like light waves, think of light waves, right? Um, they, if you turn on a light in one room, it doesn't light your entire home, right? Because light doesn't travel through walls. Well, stuff can get in the way of wi-fi signals so having little having a system which is distributed amongst multiple little pieces around the home so like having the one big arrow and then the beacons will make sure that you get great wi-fi enterprise grade speeds all over your home and it's so easy to set up and brad i believe that you have an arrow right I do and i did not know what i was getting into when i got this but i'm very impressed so we talk all about uh, my poor internet all the time yep. and like Eero doesn't make my speeds faster but it makes my speeds reach the entirety of my house so before I had it installed I couldn't get really good internet Wi-Fi in my bedroom it would basically bounce me on and off the Wi-Fi now when I like the Eero app is what's blowing me away so I can go into like my bedroom and check the speed from after I installed the Eero with the what are the what are the little things called you plug in the wall the beacons the beacons um, it's the same speed in my bedroom now as it is in the living room. That's awesome. Where, yeah, where my uh, router is, which is, it kind of knocked my socks off. I Because I didn't think, I had no expectations, right? Because we talk about this all the time, like how frustrating it is. But it really like spread the internet coverage around the, my house to get the same speed no matter what part of the house I'm in. The other thing in this app, I can see all the connected devices. Mm-hmm. Um to to the uh Eero and I can uh kick people off like when my my kids are uh you know uh watching YouTube too much I can just zap them right off the right off the internet yep. no, I'm just kidding but you can you, you can, can. Actually, you could set rules yeah. for each device just from this app which I did so like I can turn you know connectivity off to certain devices at certain hours of the day it's a fascinating device i didn't know everything that was involved with it till i started setting it up and now i can't kind of can't stop playing with it so i have all my i have like my living room device and you can name all these devices in the app i have the hallway beacon and i have the dining room beacon you know to spread out the uh the coverage throughout my house the night lights come in shockingly handy (laughs) my my wife was confused the first night we uh we turned it off and she's like what is happening i was like oh there's these night lights and you can change the (laughs) the brightness of them and you can turn them off if you don't like them but you know having kids they like to have the night lights in the hallways when they get up in the middle of the night so i don't know i've i've been kind of blown away by it because i didn't know what this was like in reality what Mm -hmm. it did but once I've put it in place, I'm kind of hooked to it. Like I'm playing around in the app all the time. Like, you know, what can I do? How can I make it better? You know, is my speed good? You know, testing things out. So it's very cool. Very happy with it so far. 
You don't have to wait a few weeks to get hold of your new dream Wi-Fi setup. You can be just cool like Brad because you can get free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada. Go to Eero.com. That's E-E-R-O.com. And at checkout, select overnight shipping, then use the code PENADDICT to make it free. That's Eero.com with promo code PENADDICT for free overnight shipping. Our thanks to Eero for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, let's hit that ass TPA first yeah. one from the always wonderful name Hot Cup of Loving. In regards to the question about inks looking so different online, I found that having pen pals who use fountain pens solves that problem. If they have the ink I want, I ask them to write me with it. How genius is that? That is a very, very good idea. It's just a, like, a, that is a great way to get new pen pals too. Like if you see someone like a friend of yours on Instagram, you see the ink, you're like, hey, write me a letter, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't have to be existing pen pals, I guess. Yeah. So Brian followed up with that and I answered him on Twitter already. He said he asked about color correction on ink reviews. Using the coloring cards is the best because they're so consistent and you compare them with the cards that you make. So if everyone's using the same format, you can compare them with others. So it's good when reviewers use common inks as comparisons. And like I agree with that completely in person, but when you're going through two lenses or two displays before you get to see the end result, it's still not going to match. Like between the camera taking the picture and the monitor someone's viewing it on, you can say, okay, it's the same ink on the same coloring, but the camera could be shot with different lighting and the monitor setup could be different. So it's still hard digitally to capture that. But I do like the idea of consistency, of course. Johnny wants to pick up pick up his first gold nib pen concerning Franklin Christoph or Pilot Custom 823, which is your preferred writing experience. They're different. <laughs> you know, it depends on what you're looking for in a pen. You know, is there a Franklin Christoph design that really speaks to you as far as shape and materials? Maybe go that route. Does the filling system and the transparency demonstrator look of the 823? appeal to you go that route because the gold nibs franklin christoph uses are great pilots gold nibs are fantastic you know my preferred writing experience is my preferred writing experience not your preferred writing experience so it's hard to tell you which to pick i can say if those are your two choices you're not going to make a mistake at this point so decide on aesthetics because the nibs you're going to get are going to be really good so that's kind of my thought process. You know, if you like the technical aspects of the vac filling 823 and you write a lot and need a heavy ink capacity, that might be a good choice. But you can also eyedropper most of the Franklin Christophs and get probably even more ink capacity. So lots of things to consider. You can't go wrong picking one of those out. And yes, Johnny, you will see me at the Dallas Pen Show coming up in just a couple of weeks. Tom wants to know, do you have any recommendations for well-behaved teal inks for everyday use? I missed out on bottles of Lamy Petrol, and I'm running low on cartridges, so would like to pick up a bottle. So this question poses problems, Mike. Mm-hmm. Because I see teal as not anything related to Lamy Petrol. And this is something we run into all the time. Yes, that's at teal. That's in my definition, right? Tom has a definition. Tom sees the ink a certain way. He wants a dark green blue type of ink where I think of teal as more turquoise looking very bright, vibrant with a little bit more green than a turquoise would have. So what I would do, I think the best range of inks to shop in right now is that you can get a good quality ink and 
you know, find a color that's close to what you think you want to see is probably Robert Oster. So I would find one of the online shops, pick your favorite, like Pen Chalet, go to the Robert Oster section, look at all the ink samples. He has, he has it covered, <laughs> right? I mean, you're not going to miss out a color that's going to match to Lamy Petrol. As a matter of fact, he is making a petrol here pretty soon. Uh, Robert Oster or something called Petrol. I don't know what that color. It looked, I think, even darker than the Lamy's, but I could be wrong. Anyway, look through those colors and find a color match and buy that ink because it's a very good quality ink at a very good price. And he should have the color that matches what you're looking for. So that's the best I can recommend right now. Um, I'm trying to think. Like Deep Sea Green, Faber-Castell was one that might be close to that Lamy Petrol. I'd have to look. I think it's still lighter and greener. All right, last one. Bo from... He said, a find from our local Chicagoland Kino Kania. Any idea about the story behind this pen? The salesperson said it was a new limited edition in the last month. All the paperwork is, of course, Japanese. So this looks like one of the um, Sailor Pro Color, I think they call it. And I think Anna replied to him. Because Bo, I know you very well, and you know me very well. My Instagram tag, my Instagram name is not at Pen Addict, unfortunately. That goes to the guy that won't sell me the Pen Addict account. Your, so, <laughs> your Twitter, you mean? Not your, your Instagram. My Twitter. Your Twitter, my Twitter yeah, my, my Twitter. Sorry. So Anna answered him, says it looks like a pro color. And that's what it looks like. It's the steel nib variant of um, Sailor pens that they've introduced in the last few years. And uh, I haven't really used many of these because I actually haven't been a fan of Sailor steel nibs. I've had bad luck with them in the past. But this is a neat uh, demonstrator barrel. And it looks like it comes as a set with a Shikiori ink all together in a set and a um, converter with a white cap to kind of a white uh, piston knob to kind of go, um, go with the pen. I have not seen that before today though. So it looks kind of cool. I like the way that when they do, um, you know, do different things like this at all kinds of price points. So I'm all for it. I wonder how much it is. Can't be that much. No. If it's a steel nib. Because I think they normally run around $45, $50. I don't know if the limited edition makes it more expensive. And it comes with a bottle of ink. So, yeah, probably, like Anna was saying, maybe around $75. Bucks. Cool looking, though. right for this setup. It is cool looking. Very cool. So that's it for this week, Mike. We okay. covered all the bases. Good work. You yeah, can find our show soon. notes, relay.fm, slash penaddict, slash 324. That's where they live. That's where they live. Where do you live, Mike, on the internet? Uh, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, on Twitter um, and on Instagram, too. You can find me there as well. Uh, you can find Brad in a variety of places. Brad, what is what is the best place? What is the canonical place right now for you? Penaddict.com has links to all the things. You can find me on Twitter at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. Brad is and on, on uh, Instagram, Instagram and Twitch. Penaddict. Penaddict. Yes, yes, yes. Twitch.tv slash Penaddict. What do you got? What do you got, do you got coming rolling. up? What do you got coming up? Uh, th- tomorrow we're gonna do. Yeah, it depends. Tomorrow we're either gonna do an unboxing session or a journaling session before we head into a Destiny Two Forsaken release session. Oh yeah, I saw a bunch of news coming out about that. Are you excited? Oh, very excited! It came out yesterday, so I played a little bit. It's very fun. I'm trying to stay off everything until Friday. That's Spider Man. Spider Man Day. Yeah, I've got a PS4 Pro coming. I've heard. I listen to your show sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I'm so I'm so friggin' excited for that game. Like yep. it's unreal. I cannot wait yep. for it. It looks so good. So hopefully I'll have a daytime Twitch session tomorrow 
TBD. All right, thanks so much to Eero, Casper, and Harrys for their support of the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.